0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 24th of July 2011, entitled The Pillar of Cloud and the Person of Christ. And the Bible readings are taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 27, and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, if you'd like to open your Bibles this evening for our scripture reading to First Corinthians chapter 9, really our text this evening is going to be found in chapter 10 verses 1 to 4, but to get the context of what we're reading, let's begin in chapter 9 and verse 19, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them which are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law. Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. All this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Let us pray. Father, what a glorious privilege. And we thank you, Lord, that we can approach your throne in prayer once again. And as we do so, as always, we come in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this time that we can come together again this evening in your house. Thank you, Lord, for your marvelous grace and mercy towards us in reaching down and saving our wretched souls. Thank you, Lord, that as we gather here this evening that we have your word that we've been able to read from and that we have your spirit within with the promise that he is here to give us understanding even this evening. Lord, you know the hearts of every listener here this evening. You know the hearts of each one. And I pray earnestly, Lord, that you would meet the needs as only you can, that your word would not return unto you void, but, Lord, that it would go forth to accomplish its purpose here this evening. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Our thought this evening, the pillar of cloud and the person of Christ. Now, as with most things, when I first started, I was looking at some simple thoughts there in Exodus, and just like the fish in the loaves, it kind of kept growing and growing. And so what I'm going to try to do this evening is just lay a bit of a foundation that we can come back and look at again next Sunday evening as well. Because I'd either have to preach an awful long time this evening, which I know that uh, you wouldn't be over eager to to, uh, sit there and listen to, Um, or I'd have to preach awfully fast that uh, you'd probably miss most of it anyway. And so uh, let's lay a bit of groundwork and let's look at some of these things. The pillar of cloud and the person of Christ. You see, in our scripture reading here in 1 Corinthians, our verses there that we read in chapter 9, Paul is actually encouraging the church here at Corinth as to the kind of ministry that they needed to be involved in, the kind of race. That they should be running, he's trying to encourage them to 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 go forth and to to minister and to run this race for the purpose of winning it, to to accomplish something, to to win something that's worthwhile, not just play games. We find that as he is encouraging them to go forth, as he is encouraging them to run this race to win it. In verse twenty-seven, there, the last verse of that chapter there's sort of a transition. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And he's talking about a danger here, a possibility that we could be so, I guess, enthralled and and, and eager and even busy about telling others and helping others and all these things he's just encouraged them to do But he's realizing that he's got to deal with self and he's got to keep himself in line because it's possible for those words to go forth and then yet for his own life in some way to destroy all that he's accomplished and it be for nothing. And he's saying, you need to run this race. It's important. You need to run it to win it. But there's some dangers that you need to be aware of. And so as he transitions here in chapter 10, He begins with this illustration, uh, the point using the wanderings of the nation of Israel there in the wilderness as an example, he says, uh, and of course in God's word as an example for us here this evening. Now I want you to notice a couple of words there in verses 1 and 2. Notice in verse 1 he said, Moreover, brethren, I would not have ye should be ignorant how that, and notice he says, All our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Of course, the crossing of the Red Sea. Notice what he says in verse 2. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Under the cloud and in the cloud. Now keep keep those two ideas in mind of course, then in verse 3 and 4, as he speaks of their needs, the nation of Israel, as they were there in the wilderness for that 40 years, he's speaking of the needs that they had for their food and their drink being met while they were in and under the cloud. But of course, he takes this a step further. Notice what he says, and did all eat the same. What's the next word in your Bible? Spiritual meat. Spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. He's talking about, he's talking about the children of Israel back in the wilderness. But notice what he says, for they drank of that same spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ has always been the one way, the only way. But as he looks back and he's reminding us and he's using these these things here as a comparison, the church is being encouraged and warned at the same time. There's warning of both the dangers that we face and, of course, the danger of being defeated. We sang that great song earlier, Victory in Jesus. Do we believe that? That's what he's trying to point them to here is to have that victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. The importance of the race that we're running, the importance to run it, to win it, and to realize that there's gonna be some obstacles along the way. Look back to the children of Israel as they were there in the wilderness when they were in the cloud, when they were under the cloud, but there, their spiritual food, their spiritual meat and drink was found in the rock alone, which was the Lord Jesus Christ, the same food that you and I have today. I want us to look back into the book of Exodus. If you turn to Exodus chapter 13, we'll find where that the cloud is mentioned to us for the first time. You know, we see all kinds of clouds. They move across the sky. Sometimes they look absolutely beautiful as little fluffy bits that go across a bright blue sky. Sometimes they can be very menacing and be very dark, and they can cover it all to where we, we see no sunshine whatsoever. We know that a storm is brewing. But this cloud was different from anything that we've ever seen. It was a pillar of cloud. Now, those are pillars back there across that, that holds what used to be the balcony, the fellowship hall. Those are pillars there that, that hold that up. He's talking about a pillar of cloud. Notice what he says here in chapter 13, down in verse 21 and 22. He says, And the Lord went before them by day. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Jehovah God, went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. God's people. God has just brought them out of Egypt, out of captivity. Now the simple fact is, as the Bible says here, it was God himself, that went before them in this pillar of a cloud during the day. There was this huge pillar of a cloud that went, where was it? Before them. And the Lord went before them, this pillar of a cloud. And then at night, instead of it being a big pillar of a cloud, I mean, we're used to clouds being that way, not that way, but this one went that way. It was a pillar of a cloud. And then at night, that cloud turned into a pillar of fire so that they could see the Lord before them by day and by night. Now, the next time it's mentioned is over in chapter 14 and pick up in verse 19. He says, and the angel of God which went before the camp. Now, what is the angel of God most places in the Old Testament? Jesus Christ himself, okay? Okay. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Now, the cloud's been before them. Now, here's the angel of the Lord, the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, he was before them, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Why did He do that? And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. (laughs) So the Lord's before them. This pillar of a cloud is before them, leading them leading them out of captivity. But then suddenly here in scriptures, we find that the angel of the Lord, that pillar of cloud, it moves from before them to behind them. And now it's between them and the enemy. You see, God's placed himself. He was leading them. The enemy's starting to attack, so now he moves himself and places himself smack between them. But where that... The enemy's not going to get to his people unless they come through him first. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and in the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left The Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Look, and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. The pillar of cloud, the first thing that it came to do, keep these things in mind. The first thing that it came to do for God's people was to lead them out of captivity, to bring them out of Egypt. To lead the way from the captivity that they were being held under. The next thing he did to do then, he took and placed himself between them and the enemy. And he was the one that was there. And then we find here that he's actually actively fighting the enemy for them himself, (laughs) taking the chariot wheels off. (laughs) We find that the enemy began to figure out real quick, what. There's something going on here that's beyond these Israelite people. This is the Lord, Jehovah God. He's fighting for them against the Egyptians. We find that the cloud led them out, brought them across on dry land, the Red Sea. Not, as some said, not the Reed Sea, as some try to make it. It was the Red Sea. It was God that opened it up, and it was God that brought them across. We find that, if you look over just a few pages, the next time we see the cloud is in chapter 16. Notice what he says here, beginning in verse 10. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness. And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. Now, that's pretty amazing. They're they're being pretty unthankful here. (laughs) They certainly don't deserve God's hand. God's been hearing all their complaining and all their complaining, and yet he's still having mercy on them. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. When the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna. For well, they wist not what it was. They didn't know what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. God, his glory, showing forth there in the cloud. This cloud that he used to, first of all, to lead them out of slavery, out of captivity. This same cloud that put himself between them and the enemies that that had just come from to protect them, to bring them into the land that he promised them. This same cloud here, now the the glory of God is in that cloud. We find that here he is supplying the needs of his people. He's feeding them the manna from heaven. The Lord is there. They they don't deserve it. (laughs) They've been murmuring and complaining. Matter of fact, if you want to read all the bits in between, you find out the bits. And why in the world, Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? We were happy over there. I mean, we were serving them. We were being taken care of. Now look what you've got us into out here in the wilderness. They weren't thankful that God had set them free. They were complaining because things weren't like they wanted them to be. And yet here is that cloud again. In that cloud, the glory of the Lord. We find that that Lord, in all of his glory, he's the one that's feeding them, that's supplying their needs, that's giving them the very sustenance that they need. Look over into chapter 19. The next time that the word of God has something to say about this cloud is in chapter 19, verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. Now keep that in mind. Now here's the cloud again. And God's coming, speaking, and he's saying to to Moses here, Moses, I've come to you in, in, in this thick cloud so that the people... May hear when I speak with you, that they might believe you. Here is that cloud. Here, that cloud is specifically there to do something for Moses, his spokesman, that the people might be able to hear and believe the words of God and what God has to say to them. Look just a few more verses down in verse 16. It says, and it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. God got their attention. He's using that cloud there again, but he got their attention. He came. He came to use Moses He's got the attention of the people. Now notice, as this happens just a bit further on in chapter 24, notice we find that he shows us something else. Now remember, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, and he's the one that brings these two things together. He's talking about for us, for our admonition, for our example, what took place back there with the nation of Israel when they were in the cloud, when they were under the cloud. And he's the one that said the same one that was taking care of them was the Lord Jesus Christ, the rock. And that rock is Christ. Learn from what happened there. Notice what he says here in chapter 24. He says in verse 15, And Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount. Find this same term again, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. And we're going to come back to this one later. But I want you to realize here, this is God meeting Moses on the mountain in a very special way. And the Bible itself says that it was the glory of the Lord that was abiding there on Mount Sinai. That this cloud was covering it, that Moses now has gone up into that cloud, that he was there for 40 days and for 40 nights. Look just a bit further to chapter 34. In chapter 34, notice what he says, beginning in verse 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, that they will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation and Moses made haste bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped and he said if now i have found grace in thy sight o lord let my lord i pray thee go among us for it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for thine inheritance. Again, we find the Lord here. And if you read the first part of this chapter, we talked about this uh, last Wednesday night, I think. One of these last Wednesday nights. might have been this last Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure it was. We talked about that it was the finger of God. <laughs> it was the finger of God that wrote those commandments in that stone. This is the second time. If you look back up there in, in, in verse 1, and the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone, like unto the first, and I will write unto upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. So this is when Moses back up there after breaking the first tables. He's back up there for God to give them these, these second tables, and God gives them this, this vision, if you would, this foresight. Here's God, again, using the cloud. We see some things here. First of all, boy, (laughs) we see God. Notice again, capital L-O-R-D, all capitals, Jehovah God. We see Him being personified. It goes through all of these great attributes, merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, we find that, or oh, the very character of God, is here, being shown, to Moses, for his people. Now, I want you to notice one other place, in chapter forty, of the book of Exodus. Now, there are some places in Deuteronomy and others that looks back to this, these events, but as we look at the Exodus itself, these are all the times that this cloud is mentioned. Notice. In verse 33, now remember, at this point, they're there, and what have they just got through building? The tabernacle. We've looked at those passages before. They've brought all this stuff in, and they've built the tabernacle. And verse 33 says, and he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. And notice those words. So Moses finished the work. This is when the tabernacle was finished, the job that God had given them to do. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and there it is again. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode therein, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, then the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This cloud has brought them all the way. Here they finished building the tabernacle. And again, we're going to look at some things about the glory of the Lord. You know, as we begin to look at Scripture, we'll find out that there's something amazing when we begin to talk about the glory of the Lord. You know, for us to be in the presence of God's glory. Simple truth is, is the Bible teaches us that no man has seen God at any time. We know that God, as a very special treat, has allowed himself to be seen here in the cloud because even Moses couldn't look directly onto the glory of God. He couldn't go in when that was there. There's no way his physical, sinful, fleshly body could stand it. We find he uses this cloud now, I'm going to give you three things from the Two Testament, and then hopefully next week I want to come back and try to tie these together. And what do we learn from this, and how does it compare in the New Testament? What do we see? This is what God was doing for the nation of Israel with this pillar of a cloud. But I want you to know that that pillar of a cloud that they had, by the same token, is the person of Christ. And we have the person of Christ just we're seeing God's done some phenomenal, amazing things just through a cloud here. But God's still doing those things. And I'm saying just as He brought them out of slavery. Just as he was the one that led them out and he was the one that put himself in between them and that enemy that he brought them away from as he was the one that was there with this cloud sustaining them day and night and giving them the things that they needed to, to sustain themselves. He was the one that was protecting them. He was the one then the allowing them to see the wonderful character and attributes of their God. He was the one that was giving them his word writing it down for them that they might have it. God here is filling the tabernacle with his glory when they finished it for him. I'm going to give you three passages, and we're going to close, and we're going to leave it there until next time. Do you know where that we find the cloud again in the in the New Testament? You'll remember as soon as I point you to Matthew chapter 17, you find the same thing recorded in both, Mark and Luke. But in Matthew chapter 17 and in verse 5, in fact, let's read the verses so you get the context of what's going on here. It says in verse 1 And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Verse 5, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. <laughs> at the Mount, of the transfiguration, there when the glory of the Lord was shining forth, God uses this cloud again with the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be very, very familiar with <laughs> the next time we see it in Acts chapter 1 as well. You know that When the Lord Jesus Christ went to leave this earth, he left us some pretty important instructions there in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And then something happened in verse 9 immediately after that. First of all, in Acts chapter 1 and and, and verse 8, notice that the Bible says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And after giving those instructions, verse 9 says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. We find here, (laughs) at the ascension of the Lord, back into glory. I want you to keep this in mind. I'm looking for another cloud tonight. The cloud that accompanied the Lord Jesus Christ there on the, on the mount at the transfiguration. The cloud that accompanied him when he left this earth to go back to glory. But notice what it says in the next verse. He says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. You say, preacher, in like manner, yes, the same Jesus is going to come in the same way that he left. And you want to see that a bit more clearly? Notice, turn back, when Jesus himself described, and again, you can find this in in different ones, but look in the Gospel of Luke, and in chapter 21, when Jesus was talking about his second coming, he said in Luke chapter 21, and in verse 25, he says, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm saying he's there's going to be signs. Look around. Jesus is coming back again. When you see these things happening, which we see happening all around us, people become dull to it. But the Bible says he's coming back the same way that he left. (laughs) Jesus said he's coming back in the same way in a cloud. The final scripture I want to give you is in the last book of your Bible in Revelation chapter 14. In Revelation chapter 14... Notice what he says there, beginning in verse 14. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, if you want to read the verses before and after, I'll be glad to, to spend a while preaching on it tonight, but this is the battle of Armageddon. This is when Jesus Christ comes back again, guess what, in his glory. He's coming back on a cloud. And when he comes back, he's coming back to reap the harvest. He's coming back. Here, the battle of Armageddon It's when he's coming back to set up his glorious kingdom. <laughs> that will be there, reigning on this earth for a thousand years before we have the new heaven and the new earth in eternity. The pillar of cloud and the person of Christ. We begin to look. Just one of those simple, beautiful pictures. Paul was saying to the church at Corinth, look at these things that happened back there to the nation of Israel and learn from them. Folks, we can learn a lot, just what God does through a cloud and how that relates to the person of Christ. And We'll hopefully bring some of those things of how that applies to us as we look at these thoughts next week. Father, thank you this evening as we have looked at these passages, Lord. We look back and we see that it was you there in that cloud. Lord, I believe with all my heart, even as we look this morning, just as that pillar of a cloud that brought them out of captivity, that brought them out of Egypt, set them free from their slavery. Lord, today it's that person of Christ that's doing the same thing for us that will lead us out of Egypt, out of the world, out of that slavery to sin that holds us there. Nobody else, nobody else can bring us out of there. Just as in the pillar of the cloud, in the person of Christ, he's the one that after bringing us out, (laughs) he put himself right between us and the enemy. The enemy can't get to us because the only way he can get to us is to come through Christ. He's there to fight our battles. He's there to destroy the enemy. These are battles that we can't win in our flesh, but we can in him. Just as in that pillar of cloud, he sustained them. He was the one that was there. Not just with their physical manner, their physical food, (laughs) that he was there with their spiritual drink and their spiritual food, and he's there for us now. And Lord, as we look at all these other things in the person of Christ, just as it was in the cloud, that they saw many of the wonderful attributes in the glory of our Lord, that's what we see in the Lord Jesus Christ in the person of Christ. He is the perfect likeness. Lord, I pray this evening, if there's one here in our midst that doesn't know that Jesus, that's never been led out, Lord, we know that he wants to lead them out, even here today. There's no other way except to trust him. And I pray that you would reach out and take hold of the hearts of any that are not saved here this evening, that are still trapped in that sinful world. I pray that you'd take hold of their heart, that you'd lead them out, that they would be receptive to that which you have for them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.